0: It's, the, it's all about control as well. I mean, if you're, the more control you have and if you're setting up your business, your passion-based business, then the more opportunities you have to deal with those frustrations and make sure they don't happen.
1: So it's Friday. It's the end of the week. Thank, what is it to say? Thank goodness it's Friday. T-G-I-F.
0: Well, it depends when you're listening to this, it might not be Friday.
1: It won't be Friday. It'll be Tuesday. No, it will be Wednesday. We put it out on Wednesday.
0: yeah, but what if they listen on Thursday?
1: Damn it, mm. I'm just losing. It's like a Monday. I'm speaking like it's a Monday. Yeah, never mind.
0: But it is Friday.
1: It is Friday. and have you got anything happening at the weekend?
0: Um'm uh, going back to Ireland to the in um, this afternoon. so so uh, you are mm-hmm. I'm That's back exciting. for a trip.
1: So yeah it's been it's a just,
0: hectic week. I've been doing like uh like we said in the let's take a break episode. I let so much stuff pile up and pile up like just before I go on a holiday and uh so this week has been particularly hectic with regards to work, yeah so, are you
1: gonna feel guilty when you're away for the weekend are you no, gonna be, absolutely
0: no? not. I don't feel guilty when I'm like on a holiday like taking a proper break. I only ever feel gilly when I'm like, yeah, playing computer games, and I guess it's maybe it's got to do a lot with location as well. If you're within earshot of your of your desk, it's um, uh, yeah, it's so tempting. You know, you should just go and do some more work. So yeah, location makes a big difference, I think.
1: Maybe it does, maybe but it, it does is sense. Friday,
0: and you've had a hectic week.
1: I've had one of those weeks where I'm just like what am I doing? Why am I even bothering? Can I not just go and get a really easy job and work for somebody and know that I'm going to get paid every week? That's how I'm feeling. But Mm -hmm. don't worry, I'm not going to make it a depressing episode. But we are talking today about frustrations. You know, the kind of frustrations that you might face when you're trying to build your passion based business. Mm -hmm. We all have them. I hope. Um, so I'm just going to delve right in with one of my big frustrations that I've faced this week. Are you cool with that? Go for it. Okay. So big frustration that I have felt this week in trying to kind of build my business is a lack of support. So I think I've thought about this and I think, um, it's kind of most of it boils down to the fact that maybe family members or my friends don't necessarily understand what it is that I do. Therefore, they don't really take a big interest in it. So because I work on my own as well, I work from home, I work on my own, I'm a solo founder, I spend a lot of time working on my business by myself, it can get really lonely. So Mm -hmm. it does help to have your friends or family take an interest in what it is you're doing and ask how it's going. Kind of how we've mentioned this podcast in itself is a bit like therapy. We talk about things and we figure things out. Yeah. I think it really helps when, you know, people um kind of probe probe and ask questions about what it is that you're doing and it helps you kind of figure things out.
0: Yeah, definitely. I definitely get uh get a lot out of just uh talking about the frustrations that I have like with certain projects or whatever. Yeah. It's it's just good to to vent a wee bit sometimes and, and just talk out loud about them. If you keep it all in your own head, yeah, it just can build up and build up.
1: Yeah, and I guess I expect those things to come from, friends and family, because I always make a point of taking an interest in what my friends do and what's going on in their lives with their work and whatnot. But it's never really reciprocated. Now, a lot of my Twitter friends are great. They'll send me wee DMs and say, how's it going? What are you working on? You know, how is it, is, are things getting better? And that's great, but not so much from family members or friends. And like I said, I think that's maybe because they don't quite understand what it is that I do. Mm-hmm. So that's one frustration that I've come up against this week. But another one, again, related to kind of support and family and friends is is that they think my goals are a bit too ambitious. Therefore, I've had a bit of discouragement this week from me trying to achieve them, which I think is terrible. Um, So I've had a friend say, you know, can I just forget about the insurance thing? That's not really for you. What you want to do is going to require too big an effort. Focus on photography instead. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I can see why people might think that because my goal with insurance is going to easily take about two years to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think at the end of the day, what you want from your friends and family is for them to say, Hey, yes, you've got ambitious goals, but if anybody can achieve them, it's you. So I felt a little, a little bit of, um, lack of support in my, my work life this week. Have you ever come up against that Paddy or do you have a really good, Network of friends and family who understand what it is you do and who back you all the way.
0: Yeah, I've I've had tons of support, especially when I was moving from my full time job at an agency into freelance. I got a lot of support from my girlfriend and and from others in the industry and getting information about you know how to set up you know a proper freelance design business and uh, I got tons of support uh, and still. Uh, and still do, you know, I can, I have people I can talk to about, you know, current projects I've got, or the, the type of stuff I want to move away from, and the type of stuff I want to move towards. Um, I, I've got, I've had, I can't say that I've, I've had, you know, uh, that I've thought about a lack of support, or I, I've noticed, you know, a, a lack of support, I don't know why, Um, like, but maybe it's, uh, because I, I work as a designer and people can see what I make it's very easy for them to to kind of understand okay he makes kids games for for the iPad and they can they can use it themselves and they can understand it whereas from your point of view uh, insurance is you know a lot about insurance and the whole business of it and the the, how you're trying to make your uh, make your goal happen but from the outside, insurance is a kind of mystery. You know, people aren't really sure about uh, what the industry is like or who who are the big players in the industry or, or how you go about setting up an insurance business. But that's maybe why they're saying to you, why don't you stick to the photography? Because photography is something easy to understand and you know, okay, you know what a wedding photographer is, you know what that job is, um, you know, from the outside, you know, and you could... You could have a clear goal of just setting up a successful wedding photography business, so people can see that, and, and that's maybe why they're they're encouraging you to go for that rather than the insurance business, which is a bit mysterious and they don't really understand it, or they think you know your goal of of completely revolutionizing uh, you know uh, insurance for small business owners and designers. That's that sounds really ambitious, but maybe sounds more ambitious because they don't have any knowledge about the industry. So maybe the solution is to, to communicate a bit with those, uh, with your friends and family about, you know, a bit more about what exactly your goal is, uh, and what the industry looks like and how you're going to achieve it. Because I mean, goals have to be ambitious. They have to be, you know, much further than, than you think you can reach, you know, you have to put it out there.
1: I agree with you absolutely, and that's something that I always say. So, you think it helps to have a, a goal that's kind of produces this tangible result? Like, if I take a photo, people can see the photo. Well, no,
0: is- I think the. I mean, the, your goals can be as uh, they should be. You know, just out of reach to just to make you, you know work that bit harder. But what I'm saying is, like, if you look at your two, your two core jobs the photography and the insurance photography is a really from the outside people can see the results and they can they can understand the the whole business of it even though they're not photographers but an insurance business is kind of it's kind of there's a lot of unknowns in it from the outside like you don't, I, I don't really know much about the insurance business or or how exactly it works or you know who are the the major players that you would be competing with or what is it exactly you're trying to change? So there's a lot of stuff that, that I don't know about it from the outside. So I can imagine that your friends and family sort of feel the same way and they, they can see that, you know, you're a talented photographer. So why not go for that? That's really easy uh, or that's not easy, but it, that's a really clear path. Yeah. I guess that's why they're encouraging you to to go for that.
1: I would be really keen to hear from listeners who work who work for themselves like like we do and who kind of feel like they don't quite have the support of their network I'd be quite keen to hear how they get around that but I've been thinking about it myself um you know what's the solution to that and I felt like well I've I've already kind of been looking to join these um I don't know if you've heard of these kind of solo founder groups No I don't are- think so that are online, it's like a community of solo founders, you know, people who come up against the frustrations of working by themselves for themselves. And I've been looking to join one of those ones. I think that would help to have that kind of be a part of that community and Mm -hmm. not really look for support from my friends or family, but instead be able to turn to this community of people and also make more of an effort to attend local meetups. Like in Glasgow, we have this amazing meetup called Rookie Oven for people who... Um, you know, like founders, people who have have founded their own businesses and I'd never make enough of an effort to go. But when I do go, I always walk away feeling so re-energized because I have such great discussions with people doing really interesting things. So for me, my solution was kind of to look, no longer look um, to my immediate network of friends and family for support because they'll never quite understand what it is I do. And I don't think many people want to take much of an interest in insurance, do they? And instead look to um, these kind of communities. So I'll keep you posted on how that goes. Sounds good. Yeah. It's like, I think you have to get totally vetted and stuff to join these communities. I haven't mm-hmm. been accepted yet. It's a shame. <laughs> um, so what about you? Do you have uh, any frustrations that you'd like to jump in with?
0: I think the my biggest frustration at the minute with, uh, with setting up my business is one that I've talked about before about not having enough control, uh, in, in, if we take a design project, for example, it really frustrates me when things that should be my decision, the decision of the designer are being made by other people, other people who are not considering the, you know, how that decision affects so many other things in the app or whatever it is, but they're coming from a different angle and, they're making a decision that shouldn't really be their decision. They're making it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always up for hearing other people's opinions and feedback on, on the design and, and how something works and the UX of something. But yeah, one of my biggest frustrations is when, yeah, when the decisions that I should be making, I'm not allowed to make. And then I'm, then I'm stuck in a place and I'm doing, doing stuff that, that, I know I disagree with and and then I I I don't have to totally agree with everything within a project but what particularly frustrates me is whenever a design a design decision is is made for the wrong reasons so that that's one of my uh, biggest frustrations but I've talked a lot about that in the past about control and but uh, do you re- mean
1: like a bus Say, like for example, a business guy making the design decisions. Like he yeah. doesn't have. All oh, right, okay, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, that, that must sort of be thing. really frustrating.
0: So it's it's. I mean, you must get that as well with uh, with with photography. I guess it's easy to to draw that parallel where maybe you're you know someone who doesn't have the f- the knowledge about photography is telling you what what lens you have to use. You know, oh yeah!
1: See, when I shoot weddings and people say, "People who are just watching me take photos, you should take a photo over there. Mm-hmm. You should get get the couple and take them over there for a photo." And I'm like, Puck it off and let me do my own thing." So yeah, I can relate to that. So yeah. how do you how do you deal with that then? Because obviously you can't just turn around to the business guy who's probably paying your your wage and say, mm-hmm. "Mate, butt out." So what do you do?
0: Well, usually at the beginning of a project, I sit with the client and uh, you know, set out, you know, how we're going to work. And I'll say, uh, I'm, uh, this is my role and these things, uh, fall under my, uh, jurisdiction. And these are, these are things that, um, that I should be making the decisions on. And I'm a hundred percent up for discussing anything. And if you bring up new, uh, New issues, or that you're, or you don't think it's answering the 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 business case of the the project. Uh, I'm more than willing to discuss those things and find a solution that that pleases everybody or tries to please everybody. But as long as uh, as long as the the rules are set out where the client brings the problems and then I bring the solution, I think that's a really important thing that I set out in projects where you don't want the client sending you an email with. We need to make all the buttons green because green is better. It means you know, it, it means you know, positive and correct or that sort of stuff. So let's make all the buttons green. That's a that's a client bringing the solution to the, without thinking about what the real problem is, and the real problem might be we need to think about how our buttons are contrasting within the the whole design and the look and feel because you know making all uh, buttons green then could have drastic effects on if you have, you know, different colored buttons that, that should be highlighted in, in different ways. And if we have a, you know, a primary button and a secondary button. So all of these considerations is stuff I would take into, can, um, take into account, but a client just going for, let's make all the buttons green. That's, that's they're bringing the the solution and not bringing the problem. So that's why one of the ways I try and uh, combat this is, yeah, at the start, say you can bring problems to me, but let me propose the solution then, rather than. Uh, and I mean, their their problem might be, you know, something. It turns out we don't need buttons after all, or something. But unless we discuss the the problem, the real issue, then then you don't find these you know, proper solutions. And I tell clients when I start that I'm not going to be just a, a yes man who just, you tell me what to do and I'll I'll make the, the designs and I'll do whatever you want because I don't think you get valuable results out of that. So uh, I always encourage us to to have discussions about certain things and I'll bring my, my expertise. And I mean, at the end of the day, if it's a client project, it's their decision at the very end, but I'll always... I'll always be making my opinions and what my, yeah, my professional opinion, what, uh, what I think we should go for, I'll propose my own solutions. And, um, so all of those sorts of things help battle that frustration, but I mean, you have to be realistic. There's always going to be frustrations you're going to have, but if you're, I mean, we could, you could, like we said before, you know, you could so easily feel that, doing a job that you don't love so why not go for one that that you do love and and the yeah I mean it's the it's all about control as well I mean if you're the more control you have and if you're setting up your business your passion-based business then the more opportunities you have to deal with those frustrations and make sure they don't happen
1: yeah but ultimately you're you're kind of um ultimate solution for for that is to phase out client work altogether that's been your your big goal and is that because you want to have more control over your projects
0: yeah well it's uh, i want to have more control over the like we in with the five whys episode the i discovered that my goal wasn't just phase out client work it was to produce a a, a greater portfolio of of work that i'm really happy with so it, it might not necessarily be phase out client work just as simple as that but it it definitely is do a lot more of my own stuff but um uh, maybe be more choosy about the, the the client work i take on or yeah i'm still you know figuring that out
1: good that's what this podcast is all about
0: still working it out
1: so we've covered lack of support and we've covered lack of control mm-hmm. and another frustration that i have um which I've kind of yeah, another frustration that I have is being this small fish in a really big pond. And I'm kind of keen to pick your brain about this. So when you're first starting out with your passion based business, um and, and and obviously that's a that can be a really general thing. Like for me it's it's a service as opposed to a product. So when you're first starting out, you don't have a big customer base. You don't have a reputation. You're not established. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows if you're trustworthy. So I feel like with my insurance business, a lot of me getting started really boiled down to people simply taking a chance on me. And when you're the small fish in a big pond, you have to work extra hard improving yourself because you have to prove that you're capable of people's time, people's attention, people's money. And that can be really difficult when you're starting from nothing. So you know, how do you get people to take this chance on you? Why should somebody go to you for whatever your business may be when you're new and there's already a lot more established people to choose from? So for me, my kind of solution to that has been to tap into my immediate network of friends, like people who I've made friends with through the web industry. Um, you know, because I sell insurance to kind of freelancers and designers and developers. So I've kind of tapped into my immediate network of friends who run their own businesses. People like yourself, but not yourself because you're not in the UK, so I can't cover you. <laughs> um, So, you know, these people who, who are my friends and they want me to succeed and they're willing to take a chance on me because they know me and they have faith in me. And John O'Nolan wrote a really great article about this yesterday. I don't know if you saw it called The Secret Sauce of Success.
0: No, I don't think I've seen that yet.
1: So it's a a good read. And he basically says the secret sauce of success is making more friends. And I completely agree with that. So hopefully once you've tapped into that network um, of friends, they're kind enough to kind of help you spread the word about your business. And then there's a snowball effect of reaching more and more people. But now you have the credibility of actually having customers. But those customers are your friends. So for me, that's kind of how I got my foot in the door with the insurance when I first started in May. Mm-hmm. Um but how what about what about you like how did you get those first few paying clients to take a chance on you was it because you know why did they choose you this new fresh face instead of a more established um designer was it because you got your foot in the door through working with friends
0: Well I I definitely as we've said before the portfolio is a is a big thing if you're if you're a designer you need to keep your portfolio up to date and have have a lot of good work in there and the work you want to get more of so uh, when I was working at the the agency all of the projects that i that was that I was working on and could share I, I was putting them in my portfolio and I always kept my portfolio um uh, up to date or I, I tried to anyway so I always had something and people were uh, aware of my work and were And people were constantly, you know, contacting me and emailing me about if I was accepting freelance work, you know, every so often while I was working at the agency, but I wasn't taking on any, any work at that stage. And then I, as I was thinking about going, going freelance and moving into a different direction, I started to, you know, be open to any projects that would come along and I was actively out there looking on there are a few you know websites that post jobs and, and projects so i was actively looking for some cool projects and i i took on a few yeah in in the evenings and weekends just to you know dip my toe in the water and uh and then it just kind of snowballed from there so uh i didn't it wasn't that i just turned up with nothing and and expected to you know, find some clients, it was, I was still working at an agency and I then used my free time to just, to start, start building up my portfolio a bit more, uh, with regards to freelance work. But I think the, that's something a lot of people don't do whenever, whenever they're working for an agency. So a lot of designers, they don't, they don't keep a portfolio because they're, you know, they've, they're in a nine to five design job working for someone else. And they're, they're just, uh, they're just happy, uh, you know, doing that work, but not showing it off, uh, you know, not representing themselves as an individual designer of, of, you know, not representing their talents. I think that's a big, a big thing where, where, where people fall down is not having a, an up-to-date good Are you portfolio. Are agency,
1: so, agencies work in your own portfolio though? Well,
0: I always asked if, uh, if it was, uh, if it was okay to, to share in my portfolio, you know, that it was only projects that, that I would have worked on and it was, uh, I always waited until, you know, the project was launched and live and, um, uh, yeah, I always made sure it was, you know, okay with the client that, that it was okay to share. But I mean, it was always mentioned in the, in the, you know, the, the blog post that went along with it or the notes that went along with it, that, you know, it was a part of the agency project and I worked with other people on it, that sort of stuff. So,
1: mm. so how, like just there, I've talked about, kind of being a small fish in a big pond and starting out and, you know, you start from nothing. So how do you get people to take a chance on you? Um, But kind of similar to that, you know, when you first start out, I don't know if this was the same for you because I know that we do two very different things. But for me, things are moving very slowly. They're not proportional. The pace that I'm moving at is not proportional to the work that I'm putting in. Like I'm working so hard and I'm... And that's to be expected when you first start out. You work so hard, but you don't see as much results do you know what i mean
0: yeah i mean it was the it was the opposite for me or not the opposite but it was it was really fast i was getting more work than i could do so it was uh it was it was a bit of a different story i could directly see while i was having doubts about would i get enough work to sustain sustain myself the the work as soon as i kind of announced i was taking on freelance work and you know the work started really coming in there's a lot of demand out there for for designers you know so I was getting but there's
1: also a lot of competition
0: well yeah there's a lot of competition as well which is which is great you know there's a lot of talented people doing different things but there's always if you yeah if you have a niche or a certain style and uh and you share your work and and you also if you're if you can sell as well uh, I think that's a big I think a lot of the times when I've won a design project is because I could, I could sell myself really well and, you know, having a, a lot of designers might stick to just emailing back and forth with a client or just sending them a link to their portfolio. But I try to get them on Skype or, uh, or whatever, and have a, have a call with them to discuss, you know, in broad terms, what their, their goals for the project are and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and I, you know, sell how, how we would approach it and the certain phases we would have in the design process and all of that sort of stuff. And I, that's how I, uh, won a lot of design work at the start as well. So, uh, I think, yeah, for me, it's a bit of a different story that I, I could see the results really quickly of the more work I put in, the more, the more I talked about uh, wanting freelance work or the more I looked for freelance work, the, the more I got. So, it's a bit different than I can understand how you're it must be frustrating for you for to be putting in more and more hours but not seeing a direct correlation that that the the amount of business you're getting isn't going up as fast,
1: yeah, it is, but I think um, I think I'm okay with playing the long game, you know for me this is gonna be this isn't just a quick fix. This is going to be my career for years and years to come. So I'm okay. It's going in the right direction. Basically. It's just not happening as quickly as it like. Um, But I said about how for my first few months to get the ball rolling, I really had to tap into my immediate network of friends, you know, those who work in the web industry and run their own businesses. And they bought, they bought insurance from me, but you must've had to do something similar. Like fair enough, they weren't, you didn't work with friends and start your freelance career like that. But you must have been able to tap into your network of friends who work in the web industry, for example, with them maybe tweeting, oh, my friend Paddy is looking for work. Have you, do you get work that way through referrals? Yeah, definitely.
0: I've definitely had, uh, in the past couple of years, had a lot of referrals and, and some really fun projects have been, I, I've got them, yeah, through referrals and people have, have uh, you know, tweeted about my portfolio or or they've recommended uh, a client to me and, yeah, I think uh, I've got a lot of that. So having a good network of of people around you and and being active in your in your industry and in the in the community is that really helps a lot as so well. So important with, with finding work. Mm-hmm.
1: So important being active. Oh anyway, right? Do you have do you have any other frustrations to add to this?
0: I think the the biggest frustration. Well, one of the big frustrations I have is. Is I know myself that I'm not making enough time for certain things in relation to my to my passion and like we talked about last week with regards to taking breaks. Uh, I'm just not making enough time for certain things like my uh, making the making more kids apps and um, working on some writing and also you know taking time out to do some reading and taking breaks away from the work. I'm and I mean I'm not saying that. I don't have enough time in the day because that's that's not true. I mean everybody can find the time to work in your passion if you really if you really want to. What I'm doing is just filling up that time with more and more client projects and and not pushing my passion based projects to the foreground. So that's a frustration that I have with myself that I'm continually just sitting with the you know taking on more and more client work that that's just filling up all the available time I have and I'm not I'm not making enough time for for the other stuff. I'm not, at the minute, I don't feel like I'm making a good, that I have a good balance going. Mm. But you go through, you know, busy periods of time and then other periods of time where you haven't got quite so much work on. So then it's easier to put your passion-based stuff out there. So that's something, and I know how to work on it. I just need to be a lot more strict about taking on new projects or saying, when a new client comes along, I should, you know, push it back, push my availability date back a couple of weeks, rather than say, in eagerness to to win the project, that I could do it earlier than realistically. I know I um, I can, so
1: yeah, it's, you can't wait for those fluctuations to happen for you to to work yeah. on your passion based projects. You've got to just make that time, like you said, push your availability back a bit. That's a nice wee cheeky hack there. well I have tons of other frustrations but you know what we're already half an hour into our episode so I think I'll just kind of round mine off by saying that and it's something that we've talked about in other episodes that I just always right now you know right now things are things are difficult they're going in the right direction but it's very slow it's very scary and I look at other people with their businesses and from the outside, it just looks like everything comes really easily to them and they're making great money and customers love them and sing their praises and they never seem to run into any trouble. And I know that we've talked about how that's simply people showing you the kind of highlight reel. I don't know what episode we talked about that in, but we did, didn't we?
0: I think it was talent versus hard work.
1: Yeah, the we highlight reel. Um, but it's really difficult to remember that when you know, you're kind of struggling, whether it's with motivation or... Finances. So that's kind of how I'm feeling right now. I feel like I've kind of now brought the tone down and done <laughs> a <laughs> bit of a downer. But yeah, it's, it's something I have to remember is that if if it's if it's easy, if something is that easy, then it's simply not worth doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to just, you have to deal with your frustrations as well. I mean, it's not, I mean, people love sitting in their unpleasant environment and the the situation people love complaining about their job every day and they love ranting on twitter about their situation but i mean you have to actually do something about it then if you're not happy with it and and don't just accept the frustrations all the time you have to you have to realize you know where the frustration is coming from and how i mean do you have to be dealing with this certain frustration in your if you look at your long term goals i mean can you go around this frustration do you have to do you have to be in this location with unpleasant people or whatever the frustration may be i mean a lot of people love just complaining about uh, about their frustrations but i think you know you have to find solutions for them and take action
1: there you go so what are your frustrations you've been listening to working out and we'd love to hear what your frustrations are you can um, tweet us at WorkingOutShow or find us at WorkingOutPodcast.com Bye Bye